0: morning. I first want to say how grateful to the Lord I am for our youth. They did a great job uh, leading us in worship. And what you may not realize is the themes of their songs fit perfectly with the theme of what God wants to say through His Word today. I think that's the most meaningful kind of worship is when it's in proper alignment with God's Word. And then also when it comes from the heart. And I could see as each one of them were leading us in worship today, how it comes from their hearts. And so, uh, young people, I appreciate you leading us in worship today, fantastic. You know, security is the primary theme of the passage that we're about to read in Galatians 4. If you would look at it, please. Galatians 4, verse 21, all the way down through verse 31. He's trying to make a connection with the Galatians, and this morning through the Word of God, it's living, it's active. God is gonna be trying to make a connection with each one of you, a personal connection, and saying, Where do you look for assurance of your salvation? You'll notice that in this analogy, there are gonna be two sons, there are gonna be two mothers, there are gonna be two covenants, there are gonna be two Jerusalems, and all of it is gonna be going for one purpose. Is it gonna be law or is it gonna be grace? Is it gonna be works or is it gonna be faith? Is it gonna be self-effort? Or are you gonna say, no, no, I am depending solely in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand as we read these verses. You follow along as I read them publicly. You read along silently in your copy of God's Word. If you don't have a copy, we have Bibles in the pews or you can look on the screen. I'm reading from the uh, English Standard Version. But it says, tell me, you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, while the son of the free woman was born through promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem for she is in slavery with her children, but the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one, who does not bear. Break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. What a great word. But children of the slave, but of the free woman. Let's ask God to speak to us through this passage. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that there's assurance, there's rest in Christ. Some may have been striving all their life. They're trying so hard to earn your love. They're not a bad person in many ways. It's just they want to be accepted by God in the wrong way because your word tells us the truth. And the word says that our righteousness, the very best we can do is as filthy rags. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're not gonna make it on our own. We need what you sent your son to do for us, the finished work of Christ, the atonement. It is sufficient. And so Lord, give us peace about it Help us to have peace and if someone is here today and perhaps they've been building their life on the wrong foundation, or perhaps they've been moving like the Galatians, somebody somewhere is tempting them to shift from finding their assurance in Christ to finding their assurance in something else, to finding their identity in something else. Help them to come back because it is so refreshing to find the freedom in Christ. So bless us as we look in your word, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Let me give you four different points from this passage today, just as they are here in this this text. Verse 21, I believe he's giving us an introduction. There's different ways to start, and definitely he begins with a question. Tell me you who desire to be under the law, do you not listen to the law? You see, in his introduction, I think what he's getting at is the basis for their assurance. The context, as you recall, these new Christians in Galatia, they're Gentiles, they're not even Jews, but some Jews called Judaizers, they're legalists. They're coming to these new Christians and saying, it's not enough. What do you mean you've just trusted Christ? What do you mean you're putting your faith in what he did for you? That's not enough. Don't you know you need to be circumcised? Don't you know you need to keep all these traditions and rituals and all these different things? You'll never make it like that. So they're being enticed to depend on their works of the law rather than on Christ's work on the cross. And of course, remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17 through 20. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. So don't throw out the Old Testament. Don't throw out the law. Oh no, it serves a very, very important purpose. But what he said was, I didn't come to abolish it. I came to fulfill it. And that's what he did. He kept the law perfectly. You and I, we can't keep the law perfectly. And that's why Jesus went on to say at the end of that passage in Matthew 5, verse 20, he said, "Look." The Pharisees over here are trying their best to keep the law, but if your righteousness does not exceed their righteousness, you'll never enter the kingdom of God. I wonder if it was like a bomb went off when the people heard it, it's like, what? I can't believe this. You see, he was saying, you can't get there by yourself, but I can help you. But But he said, don't go back under the law. Are you even listening to what the law would say? It's almost like he's saying, you've got it totally backwards. He's like saying, I was trying my best to follow the law. And I had an encounter, a personal encounter with grace, with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And I totally changed. When he repented, you know what he did? He did a 180 and he said, I've been going the wrong way. I'm gonna turn around and do an about face and I'm gonna go in the direction of what Jesus did for me on the cross. And so it's almost like rather than the ABCs, they've got it backwards, so he's gonna reverse it. So he's gonna go CBA, the consideration of leaving grace. You see, this is not something they had decided. He knew they were already born again. He knew they were already disciples. He knew they started well, but he knew that something was going on inside them and he calls it out. Is that happening to you today? Tell me you who desire. You see, they're considering this, but they haven't done it yet. And so Paul's trying to stand in between them and the Judaizers. And as your shepherd, I'll stand in between anybody that tries to get your eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ. Consideration. That's what they were doing. He's like, I can't believe that you want to put yourself back under the law. And so what he's doing, he's saying, what is the basis of assurance under the law? Are you sure you wanna go there? He said, I don't even think you're paying attention to what the law says. Do you remember in Galatians chapter three, verses 10 and 11, where he said, for all who rely, let's say that they said, yes, we're gonna, we're gonna make the law our basis. And he says, are you listening? Are you paying attention to what they're saying? He says, for all who rely on works of the law, this is chapter three, verse 10, are under a curse. Why? For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So he said, okay, if you wanna be under the law, if you wanna make the law the foundation for your acceptance with God, then just don't mess up like ever, like in your whole lifetime. You gotta keep it always." And so I like the way he just kind of slides it in in chapter three, verse 11, he says, now it's evident that no one's justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. So he's saying, don't go down that road. There's a better road over here and it's called faith. Faith in Christ, which brings us back. Look with me again at chapter four. Let's go to 22, 23, verses 22 and 23 of chapter four. He says, you know what I think we need here is an illustration. I think we need an illustration. For it is written, he says, that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman, one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh while the son of the free woman was born through promise. So you have to know, you have to know this account in Genesis. It really happened. There really was a man named Abraham married to a woman named Sarah. She had a slave who worked with her, who helped her around the house named Hagar. And so whenever you see this story, you have to know that background in order to understand where he's going with this illustration. Because God had promised him when he was 75 years old, 75 years old, God says, you know what? You're gonna have so many descendants. You can't believe I'm gonna bless you with descendants. And he's thinking, okay, I don't have kids and I'm 75 years old. And he's thinking, all right, I'll trust you. But you know what happens? And this happens to us. 10 years go by. 10 years is a long time to wait, isn't it? 10 years for a promise? How long have you been waiting for some promise? Well, in Genesis 16 verses one through three, not 75 years of age, but at 85 years of age, Sarah becomes impatient. And she says, you know, Abe, 10 years ago, you told me that God told you that we were gonna have a baby, but you know what? It's not happening. So I want you to take Hagar and I want you to father a son through Hagar. And so Abraham listened to his wife. Man, don't try to make more of that. Let's just let that go. You know, it's a good thing normally to listen to your wife. But anyway, he listened to his wife and man, it caused some problems. But you know what's amazing though is whenever he was 99 years old, so now it's like out of the realm of possibility, right? I mean, how many 99 year old men do you know that are gonna be able to father a child? But when he was 99 years old, God visits him again and says, You know the promise? I'm serious about it. You're going to have a child, and you're going to have a child through Sarah. And he's thinking, Wow. So when he was 100 years old, in Genesis chapter 21, it happened. It happened. At 100 years of age, he became the father of Isaac. And we're thinking, That can't happen. That's the point. The point is, he couldn't do it. The point is, it had to be God. And the point is, this is something that God would have to do. So it was a promise. And a promise, all you can do is trust, right? But see, they didn't trust there at that 10 year point. And they thought, you know what? We're gonna have to make this happen. So he goes back to the authority. He goes to the authority of scripture for assurance. Did you notice how often he says, for it's written, it's written, he says that a couple of times in this text that we we read together. Verse 30, he even says, what does the scripture say? If you're ever doubting, I would say that's the way to deal with your doubts. Just ask that simple question. What does the scripture say? Let me go back to the scriptures and see what God says. Oh, the authority of scripture for assurance, but the clarity was this illustration So he draws this illustration from biblical history. And he says, you know what? Even though there was a difference in origin of these two boys that were born to two different mothers, there was also one more thing. Don't miss it. There was a difference not only in origin, a difference in orientation. A difference in orientation because it says, the child that was born through Hagar was according to the flesh. They made this happen. We've got to make this happen. Maybe that's how you feel sometimes. You feel so guilty over your sin. I've got to to make this up to God somehow. But you'll never be able to put enough on the scale to make it up to God. And that should drive you to say, all I can do is just fall on His promise that those who trust Christ will be forgiven of their sins. They'll be cast into the sea of forgetfulness. They'll be cast as far as the east is from the west. Let me see, east is from the west. There, I have to turn sideways do that. But just think, just think of how powerful that illustration was, it would have been striking. But also just think of the simplicity of simply turning to faith for your assurance of saying, you know what? I can't make myself acceptable to God I'm gonna to have to depend on that, that promise that he said. You know, I, I do believe that believing God, believing God, that's the only way to make it happen in our lives. It's the only way of salvation. So let me move to a third thing, the interpretation. The interpretation of what? Of this illustration. So I'm gonna call it for a few moments if we could, a bridge because it's like over on this side, the people of Galatia already saved. They're already disciples. And Paul's looking at them and he's saying, why are you so confused? Why don't you have confidence in the finished work of Christ over here? And so it's like they're over here and there's this big gap and he wants them to be over here where they have rest and peace and assurance of their salvation. So how's he gonna get them there? He says, I know, I'm gonna give them an illustration And so he builds a bridge. He builds a bridge all the way across, but he wants to make sure, will they understand the bridge? Will they understand the illustration? Do you understand the illustration? I spent all week making sure I understood this illustration. So let me give you some things that may help you to understand the bridge so that if you're struggling, does God really love you today? Did you wake up, is God angry? Like, you remember in the song that the youth led us in? I can see the love in your eyes. Do you think that God's looking at you today with hatred in His eyes? Sometimes that's what Satan, he wants to, the strongholds that he builds up, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4, tells us the strongholds that he builds up in our mind. You know what they're designed to do? They're designed to be a, a lie about who God is, and so, Whenever strongholds come down, you know the way they come down? By recalibrating our brain on the knowledge of God. Go back and look. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. The way we get those strongholds that are built up. They're saying, God doesn't really love me. I've done too many bad things. Oh, just look at who God is. And then you'll say, man, I can't believe that he still loves me. Well, let me go to this this interpretation of a bridge when he's trying to make sure that we all understand it. You see, Paul is comparing two historical characters, two historical characters. He's comparing Hagar and Sarah. Those are the two historical characters. Then he contrasts two biblical covenants, two biblical covenants. You've got the covenant of law of works given on Mount Sinai by Moses better better keep these Ten Commandments, better do all these things. But then you say, I can't do all those things. Well, that's why there's another covenant, a New Testament, a new covenant given in Christ that would be represented by grace, not by law, by faith, not by works, where we're saying he went to a hill called Mount Calvary for me, that I might be saved. And so I'm thinking, thank you, God, for the contrasting covenants that are represented by each of these two mothers. Because remember, Hagar, they said, we got to make this happen in our own energy, our own strength, we got to do something in order to have a child. But by the time they get to Sarah having Isaac, there's no longer any possibility. So they said, we can't make this happen on our own. We will have to depend on the time when God sends that wind and helps the ship go forward. And then he he comes in with that final punch, okay? The identification that comes through faith, through belief in Christ, through trust in Christ. Paul reminds the Galatian believers that since they had already walked across the bridge, the bridge of grace provided through Christ, He's saying, have you forgotten your spiritual ID? Have you forgotten your birth certificate? Have you forgotten whose family you're a part of? And so he just begins to tell them what's written on the spiritual birth certificate. Do you know? Do you know who you are in Christ? Well, he begins to to outline in verse 28 all the way down through verse 31. You are in the family of God. He uses words like brothers, children, born, son, But how did they get there they didn't get there like abraham and hagar coming up with ishmael did they no no they got there by faith and that's what he makes really clear he says that they were children of promise but just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit so also it is now do you know that ishmael whenever Isaac was three years of age, Ishmael would have been way older by now. He would have looked over there and it says that he started mocking Isaac. He started making fun of Isaac because he was so much older. Now, I'm an older brother. I mean, you don't have to pick on your younger brother, okay? But that's what he chose to do. I don't pick on my younger brother because he knows Taekwondo, so man. Whatever we did in the past, it's all done. We don't have to redo that now, you know, thankfully. But anyway, I was the one that had him in the headlock at that time, but how do you get into God's family? By faith, it's all by faith. They simply trusted in the promise, but once you trust in the promise, just know there will always be a fight, a fight with the flesh, a fight with people who depend on the flesh. People will say to you, wait a minute, it can't be that easy. You've got to work for it. Everything else in life you get because you worked for it. That's the way salvation is. You better work for it or you won't have it. And so there's always going to be this conflict. How do we know? Well, the Galatians can tell you. Boy, if they were still alive, the Galatians would say, those Judaizers were on our back. They were trying to shake us up. Maybe somebody in your family is trying to shake you up. Just know, he said, the way it was then for Isaac and Ishmael, that's the way it's going to be today. The Judaizers, well, there's people today that are going to say, no, you got to do this, you got to do that. But the truth is, it's just faith in Christ. And if you put your faith in Christ, yes, you will have those times on this this earth when you have these conflicts and discussions and people come after you. But also just know this, Your future is so secure, your future is so secure because he says here in this, but what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So you see the inheritance, it's not for everybody. The inheritance is for anybody that would put their faith and trust in Christ. That's all it takes is to say, you know what? I'm not gonna try to work there in the flesh. I'm gonna depend on what the Father did for me. And so when you do that, you know what, also uh, referring back to Stephen Mick's prayer earlier, I love that. Verse 31, free. You are free in Christ, free from guilt. Romans 8:1. like he said, there is therefore now, right now, this day, no condemnation, To those who work hard, no. To those who are trying to be good, no. There's now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the place, that's the place. You know those words right there on that screen? And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life." You can have assurance, you can know, and you know how you can know? By the things that are written. That whenever you doubt, you go back to what it says and you think, it tells me If I just have Christ, I have eternal life. I don't care how many mistakes. I don't care what other people say. That's the treasure that I have in Christ. You come to Christ and He will give you assurance. And after that, this book, it will always feed that assurance and help you know you did the right thing, the only thing in order to know that you have eternal life. I'd be glad to pray with you. And uh, if you need to come and pray at the altar, you're welcome to do that. But let's pray together. Lord, I tried my best today to help us understand this last passage in the doctrinal section. I thank you so much for these timeless words. Lord, it's not just about Galatia. It's about Columbus. It's about Colorado County. It's about Texas and America. It's about the world in 2021. I thank you so much, Lord, how your word speaks. And so maybe you've been speaking through your word today to someone. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're the one who lifts the veil. You're the one who helps people to understand the truth in order to put their faith in Christ. So please, would you just work with each person here today? Maybe some have put their faith in in Christ, but they've been depending on something else. And so I pray today they would restore their faith only resting in the finished work of Christ. But we love you, Lord. Thank you for this time to look into your word. In Jesus' name, amen.